Hear ye, hear ye. We interrupteth this podcast death. <laughs> Are you getting married soon? Have you ever thought about hiring the Central Connecticut Renaissance Fair to provide the ambiance, food, music, entertainment, and pastoral authority for your special day? We can offer a wedding experience your guests will never forget. From the moment the jester somersaults down the aisle to the DJ with pre-modern sensibilities, you'll be entertained. We even have pre-constructed kits for your townsfolk to put together things like maypoles to dance around and a palanquin to carry the bride in on. Not to mention a killer recipe for turkey legs. Note, we don't provide turkey legs, but can tell you what they should look like. Our bard doubles as an officiant and will sing to you your vows, which can be as short or as eloquent as you would like. Nothing says love like a lute and a man in tights and a tunic. Finally, your guests will not be required to wear Renaissance outfits, but they will be made fun of as mysterious time travelers. As for you and your partner, prepare to experience the pleasure of tights for those who are inclined to show off their shapely legs, and flowing gowns for those who always dreamed of cosplaying as Arwen. For listeners of Talking Fast, we'll ensure that the DJ adds the period-appropriate F to the end of as many words as they possibly can, F. Welcome to another episode of Talking Fast, a Gilmore Girls podcast. I'm Suzanne. And I'm Alexis. And we're two longtime fans of the show, excited to rewatch and recap it along the way. This week, we are recapping Gilmore Girls Season 4, Episode 21, Last Week Fights, This Week Tights. Jess walks his mother down the aisle at her Renaissance-themed wedding. Luke asks his new love interest on a date. Dean confides in Rory. There you have it. I wonder who Luke's love interest is. His new love interest. Ooh. (laughs) So misleading, I feel like, because he asked her on a date last episode, and I don't feel like Dean really confides in Rory, so point taken. (laughs) We could could hire us Netflix. We could do that. (laughs) Um, Before we get into things, we've replaced our kind of hodgepodge review and uh, listener feedback with Kirk's mailbag. Yeah. So this week on in Kirk's mailbag, we have it, an email about our episode last week that uh, gives us some really cool tidbits, some insight into the episode. Yeah, about TJ's brother and the movie Fatso, which you probably, if you're like yeah. us, had no idea we're connected. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> so our listener wrote, TJ is played by Michael DeLuise. Hopefully I'm saying that right. I don't know, yeah. In the Luke can see her face and last week's This Week's Tights episodes, TJ's brother is played by his real brother, David (laughs) DeLuise. The short clip of Fatso showed their father, Dom, in the lead role. Showing Fatso was was an homage to the uh, DeLuise brothers. And as you noted, the theme of the movie it was positive to the lead character. I don't think it was fat shaming, which in parentheses is done other at other times. Mm-hmm. End quote. Sorry for the butchering of the last names. I should have practiced that <laughs> beforehand. I read it beforehand, but I didn't read it yeah. out loud beforehand. Yeah. Exactly. I loved this insight. This is so cool to learn. Me too. It's not, it must I agree that it's an homage that totally went over mm-hmm. my head. And I did double check as well that TJ's brother is in fact the same actor as the dad from Wizards of Waverly Place. So that's another oh, no Rory's way. bookshelf <laughs> element to all of this. 
Cool. But it's cool that they're actually brothers. I never, I also never realized that TJ and his brother are IRL real brothers. Yeah. And his brother's such like a, like we see him again in this episode, but he's such a minor character. I didn't even know if we learned his name. I, uh, I'm sure I we remember. did. I'm sure we did at one <laughs> yeah, point. Yeah, probably. But, um, we have, you know, some letters or emails in the mailbag we'll share throughout the episode. But I think to start, I would add that we got a lot of responses for this episode we're about to record. So generally noting the enthusiasm of you all about this very exciting episode And some people wrote in writing, I love this episode. Someone else says, honestly, one of my favorite episodes, tens all around. Someone else said, this is one of my favorite episodes, or sorry, very favorite episodes. Someone else said, I love this episode, especially the goofy wedding. I laugh every time. So this isn't just me making up like four of the same message, but (laughs) it seems to be (laughs) a... In our, we have a quorum and we've decided to vote that we all love this episode, which I love. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. I think it's, I mean, this can lead us into our initial thoughts, but I feel like there's very little to fault with this episode. It's just like, it's such a happy and exciting episode for Luke and Mm Lorelai. I feel like there's also good stuff for Lane. The one downside is the, you know, the Rory stuff, but... Can we escape that at this no. point? I, I don't think so. Yeah, like it's kind of like a given at this point that like yeah. we can't help the fact that they have fully decided to go for this Dean and Rory storyline. So to like continue to say like I wish it wasn't happening. Like of course I can continue, I can continue to say that, but I'm also I'm acknowledging that it's going to be there. So I might as well like take it on its own terms to a certain Mm -hmm. extent and not let it ruin the episode for me, which it doesn't because I definitely enjoyed this. I think it's such a good series of like last week, this week, then next week with the Mm -hmm. finale, like it all just builds so well. And like each episode has its own big moment, but you're still left like looking forward to more as well. So it's just really well crafted, Mm -hmm. I feel like. Yeah, I fully agree. I have do have things to say when we get to the Jess and Rory scene. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. So, yeah, I'm excited to talk about this episode. It's just a wonderful, mostly wonderful thing. (laughs) But before we do, we have the Talking Fast segment for us. And Mm -hmm. it is my turn this week to attempt to recap the episode in 30 seconds. Indeed. Are you prepared? As, yeah, yeah, sure, sure. (laughs) Okay, ready, set, go. The inn is nearly up and running. There's a horse inside for some reason. Suki has a kitchen bag. Hooray! Uh, Lorelai also has this date with Luke going on at Liz's wedding. She helps Liz out. It's so sweet. Then there's the... There's a ceremony, there's a reception, there's people from the Renaissance. They share a very, very beautiful dance. Meanwhile, Rory has a final on Saturday. She meets this guy, she leaves that guy, she calls Dean. He comes over, then Jess is there too because he's changed and it's awkward. Um, Yeah, yeah. Nice. (laughs) I don't know if I needed to get to the horse and the inn detail as soon as I did. Um, I think the only thing you left out was Lane. Yeah, yeah, Lane's whole storyline. Gets a visit by Mrs. Kim. Yes, yeah. And Zach and Brian are girls. They're girls. (laughs) I love that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Okay. 
cool. So let's slow down. Yeah. <laughs> jump right into it. I have my stars hollow moment right at the very beginning. As do I. <laughs> nice. I wondered. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we pan in on Miss Patty directing children, uh, practicing maypole dances, which just reminds me of Midsummer. I can't, can't not see like maypoles are just Midsummer now. The you mean the uh, the horror movie, the, the Florence not the Pugh. season. Yeah. 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 yeah, just to clarify. <laughs> yeah, the horror movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, but we also get Kirk standing at the gazebo heckling the the poor kids. Um, we find out that this is because he really wanted to be the lead in the maypole dance and he was not picked. Uh, who knows why? You know, maybe it's that he's like a 35-year-old man <laughs> and these are eight-year-old children or something. And <clears throat> at the very least, his height would mess up the maple dance but. i didn't mess up fiddler on the roof but that's we'll true <laughs> uh technically i oh think gosh. kirk wanted to be like um the co-dance captain i think it was so mm. i think that's oh, like okay. miss patty's assistant maybe but still oh. mm-hmm. he is yeah. her definitely <laughs> and lorelei responds to miss patty she's like he has 43 jobs like why did he need another one <laughs> <laughs> um, so I love I love that element. It's true. It felt very Stars Hollow. Uh, but I also love at the end, the camera like follows Lorelai and she sees Jess on this bench and she kind of like avoids him. And then the camera kind of pans around his shoulder so that we see he's reading this magazine, So We Think, that's called Punk Planet. And then we see on the inside, he's actually reading the self-help book from Luke and the workbook is there. Finally, we see the title. It's, it says, you're not alone. And I just thought, what a what a metaphor for Jess and Luke as well, kind of. But this is the Jess version where it's like his hard exterior is the punk planet facade, right? Oh, and yeah. then on the inside... It's the you're not alone help book where he's just soft on the inside and wants to wants to work <laughs> things out. <laughs> yeah, wants to rashly run away with Rory. Totally. I I I have some questions about um <laughs> what he read versus yeah. what Luke read. See, interpretation is important, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, uh definitely. <laughs> well, we will get there. <laughs> yeah. After this, we go to a scene at the inn where we see Sookie and Jackson fighting like old times over radishes. And they're both, I mean, we don't see Jackson being excited about it, but Sookie is very clearly like, we're back, baby. Yeah, big time. We're back. <laughs> yeah. It's so good to see them bartering over vegetables and to be back in like a cozy kitchen again. Mm-hmm. It's I think comforting. Yeah, I think this might. Well, we we did go there last episode briefly, but this feels like the first time I noticed it, where it was kind of like the crew from the inn, like mm-hmm. meeting there, talking, and like we just love the Independence Inn kitchen so much that I'm like, we're back, ba- like we are back yeah. in the kitchen, <laughs> yay! <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> and then we get a phone call from Rory. She is still on campus despite everybody else packing up and leaving um, because she has a Saturday morning final. Mm, That's rough. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to ask you, what is the worst time you ever had a college final? I think 9.30 a.m. 
which oh, is wow. not that bad. That's not that bad. Yeah. yeah. I think at my undergrad, it's vague in my memory, but I want to say we had our finals like in our class time, maybe. Oh, um, okay. Or something like that. Or I just got lucky because here, um, when I actually, when I was a TA, the students had a final at 8 a.m. And normally we mm-hmm. met at like 11 or noon or something. And so that might be the worst time. It's just I wasn't taking the final. So it didn't affect me quite as much. But here, like um, where I'm at, where you were, like the university does have Saturday finals, which wasn't a thing at my undergrad. Like they weren't on the weekend. So it it is interesting to think about how different schools do them. But no matter what, the universal feeling is like if you have one really late in the week, like Rory does, and everyone else is leaving and like you're they won't yeah, let you take it, it early or anything like that it is a big bummer uh what about you yeah <laughs> I've had them all over mm. the place I think in undergrad I had one at 7 a.m oh <laughs> which was pretty rough and then I had an exam in graduate school at our university that was like at um it started at like 6 30 p.m oh, or something and went late and it's also like it was also a fall semester so it was already dark by like four o'clock so we got out and it was like practically midnight oh my god (laughs) that was old english i guess it set the tone yeah (laughs) Uh. (laughs) the dark ages yeah been kind of all over the place if i can help it if i could help it as a as a teacher i never i don't think i actually ever set a final except for when i was taing for classes yeah I think so. I, I did take home exams a little bit when I had mm-hmm. some literature classes, but yeah, never actually an in-person sit-down exam. Like, it's yeah. pretty standard for Rory and many others. Yeah, which is just interesting. In literature classes, I feel like exams aren't as big of a thing, mm-hmm. but I could also see Asher definitely doing an exam. Oh, yeah. Do you think this is for Asher's Long class? essay questions. <laughs> Maybe not, because but Paris is leaving. I could actually. see him doing it, so it's probably not. Oh yeah, um, she that's said true. it was like philosophy. I think actually. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say Asher could be. I could see him as one of those professors who leaves it to his TAs to proctor the exam. <laughs> totally. But the other main topic of conversation in this phone call is the J word. Rory says, mm-hmm. not Jesus, Jesus. <laughs> or Mel Gibson, I think. Uh, oh, yeah, this must have been like when the Passion of the Christ came out. But Lorelai says, no, like Jess. And she talks about how she's seen him around town. Does Rory want to know when she sees him? And Rory seems like equal parts chill and awkward about mm-hmm. this. You know, like in the past, we've wondered, is Rory putting on like a performance of like I'm fine it doesn't affect me but then underneath she's actually quite emotionally affected and here I felt like she did seem fairly chill about it obviously I feel like because Mm -hmm. of her preoccupation with Dean right now but then I also felt she she was kind of weird about it because then she started to go into the classic Gilmore of like talking and talking and listening and listening of like well if you see him like four times in this day I don't want to know but like yada 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 so how do you think Mm -hmm. she actually felt about the j word i don't know it's so hard to tell because we really didn't ever get her like emotionally (laughs) processing his leaving and everything and i just don't understand how of all her past boyfriends to try and take up with again she picked dean i I guess 
convenience yeah. <laughs> he was there yeah. <laughs> um but yeah I just don't I because the last time she saw him he said I love you and drove away I would imagine like I would expect somebody to be a bit discombobulated about that like a bit unsure about seeing the person again yeah I don't know yeah she seems way too way too cool about mm-hmm. it yeah it's it is kind of wild in retrospect the way that we don't get so much from Rory because of her lack of introspection or at least we assume mm-hmm. her lack of introspection because we're not conveyed any of it you're so like yeah truly who doesn't like think or obsess over someone telling you they love you and then running away like you can't mm-hmm. but like why didn't we get a scene from her yeah. talking to Lane about that or exactly. you know like give me your journal with a voiceover for all I care like it will be fine <laughs> Yeah, tell Paris about it or yeah, something. Anything. Get some get some funny funny relationship wisdom from Paris. Mm-hmm. That would have been a great scene. Yeah, but it just leaves us wondering because uh, we didn't we did not receive that and we're just we just have to guess, but um for now, yeah, they end the call and Lorelai walks out into the main part of the inn, which is like looking even more final than it did the last time we saw it it's looking really good and like finished for the most part like minus furniture kind of except for the fact that there's a horse the horse Cletus specifically in the middle of the inn and and it was a funny it was a funny joke like a good sight gag to like see the horse in the background before Lorelai realized so we had a fun little audience moment there but I don't fully understand how the horse actually got into the inn that is never explained. Yeah, just walk in the front door. <laughs> the doors aren't big enough, I feel like, but maybe they are. Maybe they are. Yeah, I think a horse could get through a front door. Okay. It might have to, like, bow its head, but... <laughs> Squeeze its hips, maybe. Suck yeah, it in. They yeah, could get, okay. they could get through. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It was funny. Mm-hmm. We're still, still a bit unsure about how they afforded horses when they had to take yeah. out loans from friends, but anyways... <laughs> Um, yeah. After this, we're at Yale again, and it's just a kind of a scene of everybody leaving. First, we get, I think, one of our last or our last side of Glenn, because I don't remember mm-hmm. if he shows up in next season, but he's heading home to his uh, his girlfriend, his hot date, mm-hmm. uh, who he shows a picture to Rory, and it's a picture of her as a kid, and it's just like, could you be any more sus, Glenn? Yeah. Like. Come on. <laughs> I think, like, you know, they they use Glenn at the newspaper for a while, and then they use mm-hmm. him, like, around the dorm. And I, I just, like, my hypothesis is that they just ran out of material for him. So they decided yeah. at the very end to make him quite creepy as, like, well, that will be yeah. funny because last episode he's spying on someone through the window. This episode, oh, Rory's no. implying his girlfriend looks 12. And then he gets super defensive when he says it's a picture of her as a kid. And he's like, she can drive. And it it's just very creepy. That's very strange. And I didn't feel yeah. like, I'm like, justice for the Glenn character. I don't remember him being this yeah. creepy. But the fact that it's like, his final appearances that I can recall, like, make this part of his character more memorable, I feel like, you know, because it's the final mm-hmm. note, and it's just a creepy final note. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Glenn. So, so much for the 
the Glenn we just see struggling a keg up the stairs. That could have been our last sight of him. That would have been funny. The spring break one was pretty struggling funny Struggling it too. down. <laughs> yeah, that was great. Um, also, Tana, who we haven't seen for a long time. I, know, I, I even her. forgot her name until it came up in the captions, <laughs> finally. <laughs> she has a boyfriend named Chester. And they seem to have really <clears throat> found each other because he, they, he lost a dare, that, a dare that they had set. And now he has to speak for the entire day in cliches. And he's really committed to that, um, which I find kind of funny. Yeah. There are plenty of cliches out there. You can almost hold a conversation with them. Completely. Uh, but it is kind of awkward and weird. Yeah. But it seemed but, like you know. <laughs> Tana's awkward and weird. So they're, it seemed like mm-hmm. they met each yeah. other's. Um, they were on each other's level in that way. I'm like, they seem pretty, they seem pretty sweet together. Yeah, agreed. I will say, this is the beginning of a little bit of Rory's storyline with the the recurring idea that she's been single all year and she's gone through a dry spell and everyone brings it up to her. And that's going to be my Friday night dinner critique. Um... I just felt like it was just a little forced. And it's kind of funny because it's meant to be forced. Like, Rory calls it out later. She's like, am I, like, cloaked in loneliness or something? Like, why is everyone talking to me about how single I've been? So I kind of, I like it more then when it's a bit more meta. But I just found some of these conversations a little clunky. Like, some reason Tana has this like poster board of all of these pictures of people and she's going through them and like here's this couple and this couple and here's Rory alone oh here's Rory with like the statue of the Yale guy like and then Paris is like oh yeah you have had a dry spell and here's Leonard Asher's son and it's all just kind of like it just (laughs) felt like out of left field um yeah and just kind of setting exposition i guess for her and dean and kind of jess Mm -hmm. as well um but like we said in such a good episode like i'm just kind of picking something that was like a minor annoyance level um but yeah how did you feel about all of this like rory you've been so single all year (laughs) long (laughs) i thought it was kind of like a repetition of lorelei and the cats last episode yeah it's like making a big deal out of something that's not a big deal, mm-hmm. but society's so obsessed with romance <laughs> that if you're not having it, something's wrong with you. Um, I don't know. I thought it was, yeah, just kind of annoying. I didn't really get angry about it, but it was just kind of annoying, especially when Emily sets sets her up with a total dud. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or like even Tana... Like, part of this is like, oh, look, Tana and her boyfriend and Janet and her boyfriend. Mm-hmm. And they don't know about Paris necessarily. But it's like, oh, we never even knew Tana had a boyfriend. But she has to have one in this yeah. scene to, like, hone this point. When it could have just been, like, Tana on her own saying goodbye. And, like, Janet says goodbye. Mm-hmm. Seeing their room empty actually made me a little sentimental. Because it was like, I, I feel like we just moved in there, you know? Like, yeah. and it's empty, Time flies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we'll get them back in the dorms next next season. Good, good. I think that's the last one in the dorms, maybe. I think so. Yeah. Yale is moving on. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, Paris gives Roy the number for Asher's son, who is recently divorced. Yeah, Leonard. And it sounds just like a huge catch. (laughs) (laughs) He's like a hedge fund manager or something. Yeah, something like that. Wow, thanks, Paris. Dear me. (laughs) From here, we follow Lorelai later on in the day as she goes to Kim's Antiques. I guess even after all of this horse stuff, they still have room in the budget (laughs) for these um knockers door knockers which of course leads to a joke about knockers and james madison liking knockers things like that (laughs) and i gave my just ass attack to mrs kim here after lorelei has been making these jokes and acts like oh sorry you wouldn't get it mrs kim says it's a double entendre i've been in this country for 20 years i know things (laughs) Nice. It was quite good. And uh, classic. like after that, she charges Lorelai $90. And then even later, Lorelai pisses her off more and she ends up charging her $140. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I just love that. Um, but I mean, the reason she gets pissed off is because Lorelai offers her some more advice about Lane. And like, Lorelai is kind of giving her some tough love advice. Like, you know, you kind of, you got to like reach out, like you you can't just use me as your go-between with Lane's mail. Like, you should take it, all of that kind of stuff. And mm-hmm. we'll see that Mrs. Kim does take this to heart later on. But I don't blame her for kind of, like, just getting annoyed with Lorelai in the moment and being like, fine, 140 bucks to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, petty. <laughs> the knockers joke also reminded me of Young Frankenstein, have you ever seen that no, movie? No, It's a Mel Brooks movie. It's hilarious. It's got Gene Wilder in it. And it's like a parody Frankenstein movie. And there's a there's a, a at least one joke about huge knockers. It's <laughs> great. A great movie. <laughs> yeah, you don't hear knockers every day as a boobs euphemism, yeah. you know? It's a good one. Yeah. Kind of old school. Yeah. Like James say. Madison, apparently, who might have owned yeah. these door knockers. <laughs> yeah, great. I wanna, I wanna see her like um, lineage for all of the like all of the things in the antique store. She always has them like connected to some founding father mm-hmm. or something like that. I just want to see, you know, her actual records, uh, or if she's really just making everything up, which I kind of suspect. I feel like it's a <laughs> technique, like a selling tactic. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I'm sure some antiquers like Emily would require yeah. authentication. And then she'd be like, know? okay, fine. We'll we'll lower the price. Yeah. But Lorelai is not going to yeah. do that. Yeah. Emily would pay like $2,000 for a knocker from James Madison. <laughs> <laughs> I bet. Yeah, totally. Anyways. Uh, after this, we go to Luke's um, where Liz and her friends are hanging out. Sounds like they're about to go to a bachelorette party. Yeah, it has that vibe. <laughs> yeah. Luke has been roped into more stuff for the wedding, and he has been cooking turkey legs. Um, I just completely forgot. Is Carrie the Liz's friend who's obsessed with Luke? Yeah. I can't remember yeah, her name. Yeah, they okay. call her Crazy Carrie. Okay, yeah. She is constantly hitting on Luke and she makes a turkey leg joke at him (laughs) asking him to take off his pants and show them his turkey legs I thought that might Um, have been like the most scandalous (laughs) joke I've heard on the show like he's like what do turkey legs look like and she says drop your pants and we'll we'll see and I just couldn't believe that like 
in that Scott Patterson article where he was talking yeah. about when he felt objectified with the butt jokes when he was like, it was his butt when he was like he looking at a stove or something. I am much more like this scene is far more objectifying of Luke. Mm-hmm. Like you envision a turkey, like it's just like, <laughs> yeah, Carrie is quite forward, we could say. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like later on when he stumbles over his words telling her to like uh, keep things closed or closed or open up or whatever, <laughs> I thought that was a even dirtier joke. Yeah, yeah. But during all of this, a uh, UPS type <laughs> guy arrives wearing, you know, the classic brown shirt and shorts and he's got a package for Liz. Yep. <laughs> At this point, Luke, or Jess has also come down uh to head out he's uh i don't remember exactly where he's headed but liz like introduces him to all of the other women and stuff and he clocks who this ups guy is but luke (laughs) does not until uh the package is delivered to liz Mm -hmm. uh and he begins stripping and dancing in the middle of luke's which is (laughs) such an odd venue for a strip so many windows broad daylight yeah just just outside like making a smirking face at luke who's stuck in there watching his sister get a lap dance which would just be so weird and so awkward yeah but they're all loving they it are. so i noticed two things about this one is that the mailman stripper reminded me of legally blonde the musical and the kyle character uh-huh. who is the mailman seen that. there's just he's a very like sexual kind of mailman it's very funny like this guy and then secondly the song is like the relaxed jump to it song that is um (laughs) from that's also used in the proposal strip scene i know yeah yeah that was the one that oh yeah so it was like (laughs) it's a good movie that is a really good movie and a good strip scene as well so Mm -hmm. (laughs) good memories so awkward Yeah. yeah And this, like, coming on the heels of Luke being so freaked out to get a lap dance that he <laughs> disappeared his own lap yeah. in last Liz episode. does not seem to have such concerns. And good for yeah. her. You know, have a good time, Liz. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but as you mentioned, Jess has escaped from this situation quickly. He told Luke he needs to get batteries. Oh, I yeah. think that's because, obviously, he needs some for the cassette player or oh. whatever for that audiobook, right? Or maybe he has a Walkman. Mm-hmm. I'm not quite sure. Yeah, he seems like a yeah. Walkman type yeah. of guy. But he goes to Dosi's, and this was almost like a blink and you miss it. Like, it opens quickly with him mm-hmm. grabbing the batteries, and then he goes to a line right behind Dean. And I almost wondered if I had, like, missed a portion of the scene where they, like, yeah. look at each other and feel awkward before they do at the end. Because this actually didn't have nearly as much tension as I would have thought it would have had. Especially compared to the end of the episode. Yeah. I was expecting at least, like, because after Dean is done checking out, he's, like, Kirk is, like, yelling out everything that he's buying. It's a lot of stuff for Lindsay. So Dean is, like, it's for my wife. (laughs) And he looks grumpy and side-eyes Jess. I was at least expecting Jess to have a retort or something to that. But he doesn't. He doesn't. It just seemed like... I I almost felt, yeah, like they had cut something out or something. Yeah. But I don't know. Like, I understand why the scene is in the episode, especially because they're going to run into each other again later in even worse circumstances. 
But I feel like they could have done even more with it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, really build it down. Maybe maybe it was supposed to show that, like, they're both over it, but then having Mm -hmm. Rory there later (laughs) on will yet again ignite the feud. Yeah. Yeah, maybe Jess doesn't make a quip because he thinks Dean is no longer, like, any sort of... uh, threat i mean he is buying stuff for his wife so like he could think that fairly (laughs) he's like yeah dean is out of my way (laughs) yeah exactly but of course that is not the case couldn't be further from the truth (laughs) Mm -hmm. after this we go to a friday night dinner which is kind of as far as friday night dinners go pretty uneventful richard isn't there So Lorelai keeps trying to, like, catch Emily out on things about, like, why Richard isn't there, trying to catch her out to say that they have separated. But Emily, of course, never falls for (laughs) it. Um, She has a different agenda, which is to pry into Rory's love life and figure out what's going on with Rory. And uh, she uh, finds that Rory is single and also that she's going to be at Yale the next day at a certain time and place, mm-hmm. <laughs> which Rory really should have been a bit more suspicious of, I, agree. I think. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> I use this scene to nominate my Rory's bookshelf, and it's kind of like tangential in a way, but it's about Emily, Lorelai, and Rory because I was recently listening to the House of R podcast on Mm -hmm. tropes and the golden trio (laughs) so um, it was on my mind and just they were in general talking about the use of trios in all different kinds of like books movies and shows and so naturally as I was I was listening to them I was thinking of groups of three that I've seen in all the media I consume and naturally I thought of Gilmore Girls and I was thinking like I wonder If there is a trio, like, you know, Rory is sort of, you might think of Rory or Lorelai as a a hero, but, like, Rory's friendships are kind of fragmented. Like, she has her thing with Paris, and she has her thing with Lane. They're not really, like, a trio, you know? Um, But then I was like, hey, I'm overlooking the main three, like, Emily, Lorelai, and Rory. And so... Part of this podcast was describing a specific kind of way of thinking about trios, which is the Freudian trio. And this is when each character represents either the id, the superego, or the ego. And I get these confused all the time. Um, But uh, the TV Tropes website that I looked this up at as a refresher is that the id is the character who represents like emotional and instinctual desires. So I thought Lorelai might be the id, the emotional one. The superego represents the rules and social conventions. I thought that might be Emily. And then the ego is the one who's often like reconciling the id and the superego. So I thought that was Rory. And I thought... Oh, that's perfect. Yeah, I thought the scene actually was really good. (laughs) A, like case study of this because um, Lorelai is being kind of emotional and reactive about her parents like being separated and she's bugging Emily um, trying to like figure this out and often you know like those two are the ones that kind of like can, like can have conflict and then Rory's being the reconciler where she's like telling Lorelai like clearly they're having a marital issue like pressuring her isn't gonna help and at the end she's like 
we're all moving on to new topics. So she's kind of like trying to mediate between the two of them. Um, so I thought, I don't know, maybe that will be a way moving forward to read the three of them and their relationship. Maybe not. I don't know. But how do you think about that? I love that. It's also perfect with the announcement of Kelly Bishop's mm. upcoming book, The Third Gilmore Girl, I yeah, believe is the title. Yeah. We'll definitely um, be reading yeah. and reviewing that. Yeah. Yeah, I love that explanation. I feel like we've always kind of seen Gilmore Girls, mm -hmm. like the title is referring to all three of yeah. them, even though Rory and Lorelai are technically the main characters, but there's like no way to separate Emily and Lorelai's relationship from any of the plots yeah. of the show. Yeah. So yeah, I really like that. And it's amazing how easily that maps onto the characters yeah yeah so many it's things. kind of like the yeah it's like with the joseph campbell stuff a couple weeks ago it's like once you once you learn about these tropes or these tools in storytelling you can't escape them mm -hmm. even if authors and storytellers aren't consciously thinking of them they're just so ingrained in how we perceive what stories are and how stories work that it's almost unavoidable yeah. So it's cool to see it in our own our own little show here. <laughs> Completely agreed. Yeah. So yeah, moving forward to another trio. <laughs> um, we don't oh, have yeah. to analyze every single time we see three people, <laughs> but, you know, Lane, Zach, and Brian are at home sorting out their bills, like down to the individual phone call, which means you know they're really like roughing it yeah um, not they're not just like splitting it equal like equally three ways but um lane gets a visit from her aunt who's being quite formal offering to arrange a social call for mrs kim and mrs kim has offered her three possible times if those don't work <laughs> she'll offer three more and if those don't work she'll rescind the offer so um it was really humorous really fun so official and we realize that Mrs. Kim, though she was annoyed by Lorelai, is taking her advice and she's kind of extending an olive branch, so we can presume here, which is really exciting. Yeah. Yeah. I'm proud of Mrs. Kim for taking this step. Me too. And I love that this message from Aunt June reads like a work email. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Even more Trying formal to than a, a lot of emails I get. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm excited for their potential reconciliation we shall see mm -hmm. the next scene is the beginning of the big scene for the episode the wedding so first we start off up in luke's uh where luke is polishing his shoes with old polish and this is where my rory's bookshelf moment comes up tj comes out oh dressed in his tights <laughs> and nothing else <laughs> but he looks at uh uh, Luke's shoes and he's like the queer eye guys are really against old polish and so I wanted to nominate queer eye mm. for my Rory's bookshelf this is the original iteration of queer yeah. eye it was originally called queer eye for the straight guy and I remember watching a few episodes of that original series it was on Bravo and it had a pretty I mean it still had the like five you know, queer guys helping out people, but it was more, it was more geared towards, um, <clears throat> style and stuff like that. And it was a lot more tongue in cheek than their current queer eye is, which is like super 
we will improve your life self-help type of thing very yeah. earnest and genuine yeah not yeah, very yeah. Earnest. they're very serious yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah I do enjoy the new queer eye I feel like I really enjoyed the first couple seasons and now I'm just kind of like every single episode is basically the same the the people are cool yeah I kind of stopped watching after the first couple seasons mm-hmm. for the same like oh I just I feel like I get it you know <laughs> Yeah, they're all going to say about the same stuff. The biggest thing for me was in the current iteration uh, was Bobby, Mm. who does the home decoration, like the cool stuff that he managed to get done in such a short period of time. reminded me of my preteen days watching TLC with Mm. my parents on Friday night, you know, (laughs) trading spaces and stuff. What was the one... Was it like extreme home makeover? Oh, yeah. The guy who'd be yeah. like, move that bus and reveal yeah, the house. Exactly. That was a good one, too. <laughs> yeah. Where they'd put like the most outlandish yeah. things into kids' bedrooms yeah. as if those kids were never going to grow up and change their tastes and they'd have to completely be like 16 years old living in a, a bedroom that was like made into a uh jungle for Tarzan because that's what he really <laughs> liked when he was five exactly <laughs> oh my god oh my gosh what a what a time those days were but getting back to so we like started with style fashion queer eye and whatnot because of TJ and his tights this will mm-hmm. be a consistent thing throughout this episode TJ and his tights he oh, loves yeah. them it's a really good well, I guess my question is, do you like this bit or not? Um, and as context, we did in our mailbag receive mm-hmm. at least one comment in particular about this where someone said, TJ and the tights, I can't. He makes me so uncomfortable every time he speaks. <laughs> so we do have like, I think we'll have to poll because this yeah. is one person. Then we'll have us. Um I'm very curious to see how do people feel, yes or no, on if this is funny or not. I will Mm -hmm. admit I find it funny. How about you? I agree. I think I said recently that TJ's sense of humor, while I might find it annoying in person, on TV I find it hilarious, especially when he's like juxtaposed with Luke, who is so stoic. Mm -hmm. And TJ, like TJ, I would not call smart necessarily (laughs) but the way he can rib on uh luke's stoicism Mm -hmm. is hilarious maybe he's wise like not smart but wise yeah yeah emotionally mature i would say that (laughs) as well emotionally intelligent i just love that he loves tights so much like he just like has discovered them and they're not like (laughs) a very masculine clothing item, right? So it's just so, it's so fun that he is discovering them for the first time. And I'm all about comfortable clothes. So like, Mm -hmm. I agree with him. I think the only part where I get slightly annoying might be when it's like, I'd rather him be like effusive about Liz during the Mm -hmm. wedding rather than about tights. But like, I, they mostly strike a, a balance where it's not like he's like completely ignoring her or anything but he is sort of having a little love affair with tights in the midst of his love and wedding (laughs) i feel like in the later scenes it becomes almost like a a coping mechanism type Mm. thing to rely on his humor when he is overwhelmed Mm. and nervous yeah a little (laughs) like walking down the aisle (laughs) or afterwards after the wedding and stuff that's a good way to think about it when you would expect him to he's probably super emotional but 
to portray that he's just talking about the tights. <laughs> oh, TJ. Yeah. Yeah, I think he's hilarious. Quickly, before we get back, um, before we move on to the ceremony, I think we did skip over one brief scene at Yale. This is when... Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry. No, totally fine. It was quite brief. This is when Emily forces this guy, Graham Sullivan, on Rory, who has just been, like, minding her time packing. She's drinking this, like, drink, um, which I found, like, I'm like, oh, I don't think we've seen Rory drink at all except for the spring break episode. So Mm -hmm. it's fairly notable that, like, she's drinking. This is a concoction everyone in the dorm made with their leftover alcohol, and they, like, poured it all in. And so... Of anything to be drinking, it's quite shocking that Roy is drinking that because mm-hmm. it has to be bad. Yeah. But Emily yeah. shows up and there's this guy and Emily is being quite like, I don't, it's very clear what she's doing. And the guy mm-hmm. seems like all right at this point. I feel like like he's bantering. He doesn't seem like 100% boring and he boxes, a, like he helps her box something and invites her for real. Like he could have just been like, scram like I don't want to actually mm-hmm. go out with you but he does seem into her and into her having into having her join him and his friends yeah and at this time it seemed more like I was like it seemed like it would be like a like a co-ed gathering <laughs> and then later yeah, on it's it really just like did. a bro fest um yeah. so this really takes a turn but like at this moment I was like well this seems fine uh not like jumping for joy but like fine you know it's like this guy isn't mm-hmm. dean that's nice <laughs> it reminded me of uh the john ham stuff mm. like trying to bring in a potential love interest from emily's world doesn't work just doesn't work out <laughs> for lorelei or rory <laughs> until logan yeah but he's even like yeah. beyond emily's world in a way it seems oh, like because yeah. they yeah we'll get there yeah <laughs> the gilmores are embarrassing compared to the Shocking. Shocking. The slander. Uh, Yeah. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, back to the wedding uh, downstairs and out in the town square. Lorelai hops over. <laughs> she arrives very uh, buoyantly, mm-hmm. which Luke had said that he was going to go and pick her up last episode. So I don't know what happened there. But either way, they head over to the wedding. I felt like she was giving friend energy. Yeah. <laughs> For now. Yeah, for now. We'll see, like, the exact moment that changes, I think. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. TJ's brother, real brother, seats them, makes fun of them for 
being time travelers, which I always love. I've never actually been to a Ren fair, amazingly, as a medievalist. Mm-hmm. I hope to go to my first one this year. Yay. But I would like someday to have a costume that I wear. I don't. I won't have one this year, so I will be a ta- time traveler mm-hmm. into the fun world of Renaissance fairs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> on, the, on the topic of what they're wearing, I do have my Lorelai's Closet nomination mm-hmm. for Lorelai here. Um, a truly iconic outfit. She looks so pretty in pink. Um, she's got a nice dress on with flowers on it. And then she also has flowers in her hair. And luckily, I think everyone can picture it. So for once, it doesn't matter yeah. if I'm trying to describe uh, something on a podcast. <laughs> Um, yeah, I just think she's so pretty. And I, it was hard because I also wanted to give it to Liz as well. Um, mm-hmm. It was a good episode for gowns and dresses. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it reminded me of our good old Bracebridge dinner with the plethora of costumes oh, yeah. and fun clothing. I feel like the costumes are even better here. Oh, yeah, they're yeah. so much better. Like, <laughs> More budget. We'll get to it yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but after they've sat down... Uh, first, Crazy Carrie comes over and is hitting on Luke again. She's got one of the like classic Tudor dresses that is very enhancing of the bosoms. But the she's telling them that the wedding is going to be postponed for a couple minutes because Liz has a tear in her dress. Lorelai, our resident seamstress, heads off to help out with this. Um... Liz is, I love that this wedding, there's like no cold feet whatsoever mm-hmm. from either party. They're both excited about it. Liz is talking about how it's her first, I think she's been married four times before, but it's her first wedding sober. Yeah. So, and she's also talking about how good TJ is for her and all of that stuff. And it kind of drives home the fact that he he really has been a change from her past patterns. Mm-hmm. Um. Luke comes in, and or uh, Jess comes in, and he's ready to walk his mom down the aisle. Liz finds out that uh, Rory and Jess dated. Mm-hmm. Lorelai, I thought, was very forgiving of Jess here. Liz is like, I hope he didn't break her heart. And Laura's like, Lorelai says, like, no, it, it was mutual. Um, which, yeah, it was very forgiving past Lorelai in some circumstances other people might not have said the yeah. same thing yeah I thought it was nice of her like covering for Jess a mm-hmm. little bit and to be there at all to help Liz and yeah. there's like foreshadowing majorly when her and Liz oh, are yeah. talking about sister-in-law yeah you could be a great sister-in-law and mm-hmm. like their hair is done the same way even I don't know it was quite it was a sweet mm-hmm. it was a sweet scene I thought yeah yeah absolutely as Lorelai is leaving Miss Patty's, she gets a glance into Jess's bag where she finds the book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she kind of smirks a little bit. And we know Lorelai, you know, we she no, loves to, to make fun of people and stuff. <laughs> so we kind of know what's coming. Yeah. Oh, and I do want to ask, like, we are about to see um, Jess and Liz walk down the aisle and we learn that. Mm-hmm. Um, he's walking her down the aisle maybe when they were getting ready in Luke's or now I can't quite remember but what did you make of that like when did Jess have a change of heart he seemed so adamant yeah. against it last episode and first of all I don't know why he was so against it then he seems mm-hmm. fine with it now like was it purely to be like uh like 
to push against TJ in that moment. I Because now he's doing yeah. it. I'm like, when did he change his mind? I don't know. Yeah, I kind of felt like he, the moment he decided to come at all was the moment he decided to participate fully. Mm. Like, I don't know if he could have come and then avoided walking Liz down the aisle. That would have been a huge, like, a huge dip. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Worse than just not coming at all. But yeah, that's a good point. We never get much of his thought process on that. Mm. Um, but I'm glad he's here. Totally. He looks a bit funny in a... <laughs> oversized dress shirt i don't love the shirt it's a, like <laughs> yeah me neither kind of yellow i think to match yeah. liz's dress not, but it's just not, not that a great good. color <laughs> yeah yeah uh but then so then lorelei swings back into the wedding and this is when the ceremony begins it starts off with flower girls and a jester somersaulting down the aisle and then tj comes down the aisle in my lorelei's closet <laughs> nomination with his tights and he's got like a Tudor style doublet straight out of like Henry VIII's portraits or something (laughs) and I definitely like this was what they were going for in the Bracebridge dinner this time period and the costumes are just leaps and bounds better like this actually looks like it could have been a costume off of a costume rack for an actual period Mm -hmm. I mean the top not the tights (laughs) for an actual period film um, not saying it's like 100% accurate or anything, but it just looks like so much such better quality. It's got all the trimmings and everything. And I just, I loved it. I thought it was hilarious also. Mm-hmm. He's very, very, uh, I don't know. He's just TJ. And it's funny that he's wearing this style while Liz is wearing a completely... It's not it's not close to any period dress. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if anything, the silhouette is closer to a medieval style dress, which would be a good <clears throat> 200, 300 years before TJ's outfit. <laughs> so they're not really cla- they're not really coming together on time periods, but the aesthetic is there and it's fun. <laughs> and Liz also arrives like in a a throne type thing yeah. on a platform Regal. which is cute <laughs> yeah um we get the marriage ceremony the hippie troubadour who we haven't seen that's for who a while. that was <laughs> yeah oh my god i thought i knew him oh my god that's I so think good the last time yeah <laughs> the last time we saw him was when he was having the competing uh vegetable stand against Taylor I think which was quite a while ago yeah. it's been a, it's been a bit oh my god <laughs> that just clicked in my head <laughs> <laughs> but he is wearing tights and a tunic and singing and playing on a lute and then he asks them for their vows before that he says you may plant the ceremonial oh, yeah. sword <laughs> and like yeah just Lorelai and Luke are all trying their very hardest not to laugh during all of this yeah. and I I that would be too I liked the way that it was like all three of them were kind of having the same mm-hmm. reaction but Luke and Lorelai are like whispering like think of something not funny think of something not funny the whole time and oh it's good <laughs> yeah it is such a comedic wedding yeah but then the vows, you know, are actually yeah. quite sweet. 
Although it's it's funny because he's like, yeah, do you want to share your vows? And Liz turns to TJ and says, TJ. And he's like, yeah, <laughs> like I can't do it like he did. But it was I was like laughing my ass off at that. So cute. It was really funny. But then Liz is really sweet. And then he responds also, mentions tights at the start, but he brings it around because it's about how he has to be off the cuff because he didn't have pockets. And he says simply, mm-hmm. I love you. And that's yeah. all they need. They kiss. And Luke and Lorelai say, that wasn't funny at all. It was very nice. Yeah. Very touching. I have to ask you, as somebody who mm. will potentially be writing vows in the near future, are you guys planning to do uh, your own vows? Or are you doing like a the like script type mm-hmm. vows? Mm-hmm. If so, what are you... What's your prompt for vow writing? Yeah, that's a really good question because I was thinking about my own future wedding while watching this episode. And for context, I am getting married shortly in May. So kind of Mm -hmm. probably around the same time Liz is. This is probably May for her as well, actually. And maple. Yeah, the maple. That's right. Maybe I'll have a maple. Hmm. Yeah, don't expect me to participate. (laughs) That's funny. I... Could see us doing our own (laughs) vows. If we do a script, it will be like an updated one that like we write ourselves or Mm -hmm. something like that. Sometimes nowadays people do their vows privately. Um, Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. Like we'll we'll do something, but it's certainly not going to be the old school textbook version where you're like. Religious type things. Yeah, yeah. So. I will obey you. (laughs) Yeah, that will definitely not be happening. So, um, yeah, this maybe I'll take a note or two from Liz and TJ here. We'll see. (laughs) I'm trying to remember my siblings' weddings. My oldest brother and his wife, I believe, wrote vows they had a medieval themed wedding. Really? We were, they were all dressed in because they, at the time, were taking part in a lot of LARPing. That's so fun. Live action role playing. So, and I wrote like part of their yeah. uh, wedding ceremony in Old Norse. Oh, for that's them. so cool. Did you dress <laughs> um, up? I didn't because I was living in Denmark mm. at the time. So I like flew out the day before and had to fly back the next day. Oh, wow. I just didn't have, I didn't have a costume or yeah, anything. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, I was there. That was all. Well, I you could were the do. resident expert too. You know that's yeah. important. <laughs> yeah, my other brother, I think, I think they also wrote their own vows. But my sister and her husband did like just simple uh, script type vows. It was a very short, short wedding, mm-hmm. which is fine with me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know if it was me. I think I would do script vows like the ones from the Corpse Bride. Oh, those are good ones. Okay. Yeah, maybe we should ask people what are some good vows. Mm-hmm. I can get some inspiration. <laughs> um, Write that down. Yeah. But following the wedding ceremony here, we have another sort of mid wedding plot line pop up with Mrs. Kim visiting Lame. And it's funny, I will say. Lame mm-hmm. has whipped Brian and Zach into shape. They are um, in, like, collared shirts and ties. They look very formal. And when Lane opens the door, Mrs. Kim is, like, kind of acting like normal. She hands her the snack she brought. But then um, Lane says, like, we will like this. And Mrs. Kim is like, who is we? And she opens the door further. And Mrs. Kim sees Zach and Brian. And she's very thrown off. (laughs) 
Lane can see this, but she's kind of trying to just keep things moving along. So she's like showing her, giving her a tour, offering her tea. But Mrs. Kim is like staggering behind her, just like completely overcome with like just completely overwhelmed by everything she's processing and seeing. And she just ends up running out like wordlessly. And um, we will then we'll find out that she runs to Lorelai who's at this uh, reception now, which is out in the town square. And I thought this was, like, pretty sweet that she turns to Lorelai mm-hmm. in this, like, panicked moment. And she's kind of going on and on. And Lorelai... Sorry, what? Boys. Boys. <laughs> boys. And Lorelai's kind of just like, what? wait, what are you talking about? She tries to get, like, the, the situation down. And Mrs. Kame says she's dirty about Lane, which is, like, oh, mm-hmm. so sad. So sad. And Lorelai's like, no, she's not. And her advice as she talks her down is to think of Zach and Brian as girls, like tall, awkward mm-hmm. girls who are there for Lane. And this seems like it will do the trick, you know, just a little mental yeah. trick of your brain. Like, and mm-hmm. Mrs. Kim is kind of like, okay, I think I think I can work with that, um, <laughs> as we'll see a bit later. <laughs> I loved that. I, like, I, it was so... I had never picked up on her saying that Lane was dirty mm. before. And, like, her assumption must have been that, like, they were just having a living as a thruple or something. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Which or the fact is that, not the case. The fact that Mrs. Kim said she, to this point in her life, has never been alone with boys before. Yeah. Like, just that's probably part of what she thinks. Like, the bar is so low for purity, you know, with her. If yeah. She's never even. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Mm. Like Mike Pence. Wow. I don't want to compare her to Mike Pence, really, but like his comment about not <laughs> oh, wanting to be alone in a room with a, a woman yeah. who isn't his wife. Like, oh, purity, yeah. culture, wow. weird. Uh, but I do, I do really like that she, like, just this one little mental trick is going to be helpful for her. And she's trying. It That's shows, more than like, we've seen for a long time. Yeah, it shows how much she cares and really wants mm-hmm. this to work that she will, like, do this to make it work yeah yeah then we continue with the rest of the reception which we see a couple little scenes first of Jess sitting with a guy talking about his life in prison (laughs) uh and then we see TJ going on about his tights which he calls air pants yeah Uh, I think they're gonna be the next big thing (laughs) for men (laughs) and then um Liz is talking about how glad she was that Jess was there and then we get a bit of a bit of a kerfuffle, mm-hmm. uh, rock in the road per se, where Lorelai and Luke are sitting down, and Lorelai brings up the book that she saw in uh, Jess's bag, thinking that she and Luke are gonna mock it mm-hmm. together, have some of their fun banter. But at first, Luke is like kind of awkwardly laughing, and then he's like gets pretty defensive he's like what what's wrong with him wanting to improve himself um and like learn how to love and all of that stuff Mm -hmm. and then he just gets up and walks away and Lorelai is left kind of very confused and uh yeah it was just an interesting interesting scene I wonder if she put together that Luke might have read this book I don't know but I thought it was an interesting interaction. We don't often see them like at odds like that. Mm -hmm. So it was, it was interesting. And 
in such a romantic episode right. for them to have that little roadblock was kind of cool. Yeah, right. Because you're maybe expecting everything to just build and build really well for them. But this is a little dip before um, it continues to go up. But yeah, I she's like genuinely confused. And I could see like why she would think Luke would mock this book because we saw how mm-hmm. much she mocked it last episode. So she's like, oh, what yeah. did I say? Like, what did I do wrong? And I do think by the end she's putting together at least that, you know, like either maybe he got the book for Jess or he approves of it. But I think she could probably guess that like he read it too because mm-hmm. it probably helps her put two and two together with his like changed behavior um, yeah. Though she still seems to be like figuring out his change behavior throughout the entire episode, I would say. Mm-hmm. But, you know, before we get back to Luke and Lorelai, we have the Saturday Orphans Bar Gathering, which is, Ugh. I don't know how else to describe it. Um, I guess now that I'm like recapping, maybe I would like, maybe I would make my Friday night dinner the fact that like that this kind of scene is interrupting the flow of, like, the wedding scenes, yeah. maybe. Because uh, it is a little, like, well, why do I have to leave Luke and Lorelai to go to Graham Sullivan, who I'll never see again, mm-hmm. who's hanging out with the guys. They're drunk and dumb. Um, Rory's sitting alone <laughs> at a table for some reason. And yeah. <laughs> he's like, what's up? If it gets exciting over here, I'll stay here, which is, like, yeah, ugh. Gross. And he seems, like, exponentially worse than before. And mm-hmm. sometimes, like, guys' friends can have that effect on them, I feel like, in a social yeah. scenario like this. Especially, like, college guys. Um, yeah. But, yeah, she's definitely trying to get out of this. And I commend her for that that she's not willing to get in the car with these drunk drivers, which is also another bad mm-hmm. thing that they're doing. And she's like, I'm going to get a cab. And he offers her money and she doesn't take it. But I think she should have because she doesn't yeah, actually have money. she definitely should have. <laughs> like, yeah. And she thinks for a moment, the, the waiter tells her like, oh, don't walk around this area. And so we see her make a phone call. She doesn't know who else to call. And even though we don't hear the name, I think we all know without a doubt who she called. Um, yeah. Dean, of course, Ugh. who we will see a little bit later. But yeah, grumble. Grumble, grumble, grumble. <laughs> yeah. Why that, would, why that would be her first choice, just beyond me. <laughs> I know. Like, well, I guess Paris is on her way to Europe. Maybe she knows Lorelai's at the wedding. I don't know if Lane has a car. I guess maybe her options are a little yeah, limited, but still. I guess that's true. You could, yeah. I don't know. What if the cab yeah. takes you to your dorm and then you have money at your dorm? So you could be like, I'll yeah. be right back. Mm, or takes you to the ATM and then yeah. to your dorm. Yeah, just so many options. <laughs> but we'll get back to that. Um, the next scene is at Lane, back at Lane's where Zach and Brian are now playing a video game <laughs> and... Things are back to kind of a relaxed state. But then there's a knock on the door and Lane goes out over and opens it and it's Mrs. Kim. Mm. And the boys like uh, stand up straight into shape right away. I know. I thought <laughs> that was really like of, yeah, all of our, yeah, of all of our complaints about the way they are so far as roommates. Mm. I thought this was like so nice. The way that they're like really dedicated to helping Lane have a relationship mm-hmm. with her mom. I was like... That's so supportive of them. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Mrs. Kim comes in and <laughs> walks right up to them and says, you are girls. 
and then they can carry on with their evening and have some tea and he's stuff. like we'll clean this we'll fix that window you are girls i'll have tea love it <laughs> yeah. i'm just like okay we'll bring it to you dealing with it dealing with everything as well as she can and i think this is the big scene next we're back at the wedding reception mm-hmm. where kirk is the dj of course yeah <laughs> And a song comes on that might be familiar and significant to Gilmore Girls aficionados called Reflecting Light. We got a couple of listener responses about this, talking about how um, they love the song uh, that Luke and Lorelai danced to called Reflecting Light. And it's so romantic and they both look amazing and all that stuff. So people love this scene, especially, I think. And this song is also played during the wedding of Luke and Lorelai in mm-hmm. the revival. I looked up a little bit about this song, and according to Reddit, so I'm not saying this is a definitive source, but <laughs> according to Reddit, this song was written for this scene mm-hmm. for Luke and Lorelai. And part of the inspiration for it was that um, Amy Sherman Palladino had wanted the music the um, original music for the show to be kind of reflective uh, like reflective was one of the keywords that she had brought up Mm. and this person on reddit pointed out that luke means light uh so the song is literally like reflecting luke (laughs) and it you can kind of see in this dance when luke and lorelei take to the dance floor luke is kind of doing a waltz or whatever as one of our listeners says mm. how is this a waltz <laughs> they're apparently dancing i i don't know it seems kind of like a foot shuffle but luke seems pretty confident in this and you can see lorelei as they're dancing like the chemistry kind of hits her mm-hmm. throughout this dance like you can kind of see her getting a bit bashful and i don't know just into it mm-hmm. <laughs> i guess you could say and i thought that this was really the moment where things shift Lorelai still has, I think, a lot of processing to do about the potential with Luke, but I think there's no coming back from having this romantic, chemistry-filled dance together to this song, Mm -hmm. which is a very nice song. Yeah, this is an iconic song, and Sam Sam Phillips, like, I believe is the person who scores for Mm -hmm. Gilmore Girls 2 and whatnot, so I love the song, I love the dance. And I love the way, like, they take their time with it and they mm-hmm. have, like, the camera kind of circling them as Lauren Graham gives us, like, so many different facial expressions yeah. of, like, she's so unsure throughout the whole thing. And then they're, like, slowly getting closer and closer the whole time. And by the end, they're, like, she's, like, resting her head on top of his shoulder and stuff. And it's mm-hmm. just so sweet. It's so good. And yet... Yeah. I didn't give it my gazebo moment, which I thought I would. I did. Okay, yeah, good. <laughs> I did give it my gazebo moment. I meant to say that earlier mm. and forgot. But yeah, I just love this. It's so, like, such a, it's a scene that you never forget. Yeah. It's one of the standout scenes of the whole mm-hmm. series, I think. Yeah, and you can tell, like, the craft that went into it. Like, the yeah. choreography, the chemistry, the time, the music. <laughs> Just mm-hmm. the setting of the wedding. It just, they lend it, it lends itself so much like momentousness. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like that they reused the song also for their wedding and the revival. Yeah, I forgot Though about I have, that. 
Yeah. Yeah, I have a lot of thoughts about that wedding, but Me too. Me too. I do the like song the song is a good part of it though. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then like I said, the intercut of these secondary plot lines not so good because Yeah. It the camera like pans out on Luke and Lorelai in that moment and it could be the end of an episode, you know? Mm-hmm. It kind of has that oh, yeah. feeling of a final scene. But instead, we just get Dean walking into the bar, like, (laughs) ah, to go from one beautiful thing to this sadness. Yeah. Um, Ruining my vibe. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) uh, he's there to save the day with Rory, who's talking about what's happened. She says, those were the last people I would have wanted to die in a car crash with, which I thought was a good way of describing, Mm. like, why she didn't vibe with them. Um. They end up making this into a little date of sorts. Like, he stays, they get food, they learn Graham's credit card is still open, so they're going to put their food on his tab, which is at least genius, I will admit. Yeah, I would do that. (laughs) Um, And it seems like this is sort of like, oh, everyone has kept talking about her dry spell, so she tried to go on a date, it didn't work out, but yet she still finds herself on a date of sorts with Dean. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, not much more to say about it right now. Yeah, I gave this scene my Friday night dinner. It also connected to the follow-up yeah, of the scene yeah. later on. I was just, like, so, so annoyed that it broke up the beautiful wedding. Yeah. And so annoyed that it was Dean. And there's no mention yet about the fact that he's married. It does come <laughs> up a little bit later. But it's just, like, he drove, I think it's, like, an hour to... Yale, yeah. at least. He drove all the way out there. She also sat in that bar <laughs> for over an hour just waiting for him when there were all these other possible solutions. Yeah, and she didn't get food in that time, now that I think about yeah. it. Yeah. Weird. Yeah, she didn't even she didn't even ask about the tab. Well, she might not have known yeah. much about tabs. She's not, not a huge bar person, but <laughs> still, yeah, I was just disappointed <laughs> and upset. Yeah. <laughs> but... We can get back to some of the niceness as Luke and Lorelai walk home from the wedding. Lorelai is kind of recapping everything that's happened. That's our job. Um, (laughs) Yeah, seriously. (laughs) Just to throw in a couple more listener feedbacks uh, about the wedding. Um, One person said that they love how happy Liz was. And another person said that they love the oddities at the wedding that were so on point. And just, I wanted to point out those last Someone tidbits like the gesture. of listener feedback. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so people beyond Lorelai were definitely fans of the wedding. Yeah. And she adds to the end of her list, well, maybe the dance was my favorite part. And mm-hmm. this leads Luke to ask her out again. He's like, we should have fun again. And like, mm-hmm. maybe see a movie. <laughs> and I think it's, um, I think it's funny because like, Luke was our double MVP last week. I really commend Mm -hmm. him for the change he's made. And he's, like, very confident here. He's making his moves finally. But he's doing everything except, like, explicitly express his feelings to her, (laughs) which I think is my only complaint. And it's, like, it's leaving this room for a little bit of confusion on Lorelai's end, you know, where she's, like, is this wedding a date? is going to a movie a date like he's not calling it a date here and Mm -hmm. like like you said like I think the moment really does happen in the dance and then as he's walking away she's like watching him I think she's definitely thinking like 
it's something, you know, but it was kind of making me laugh to be like, that book definitely told you to like communicate a, a little more. But um, yeah. I think maybe it's like this was maybe the moment for him to express his feelings. And of course, like it's hard, right? So he does like ask her out again. And maybe he's like, oh, maybe on that date, I'll finally say it, you know? Mm-hmm. But like he's waiting for a moment, I guess. But I don't know. Yeah. Did you feel like this was the moment I, or no? I think I partially disagree mm-hmm. with you. That's fair, I think yeah. he should have he should have made it clear that he's asking her on a date, but I don't know that it would have been helpful necessarily mm-hmm. for him to say, "Look, I'm in love with you" <laughs> or "I really like you" or something yeah. like that even at this point cuz Lorelai really needs to wrap her head around this mm-hmm. and I feel like that would have completely shut her down. Mm-hmm. At least for a while. But I kind of, yeah, I feel he should have at least said we could go to a movie as a date or something (laughs) to make it clear. Because as he walks away, he's like smiling and she's looking after him like her jaw on the floor, (laughs) just confused. Mm -hmm. But also it seems like happily confused. Yeah, yeah, happily, I think. Yeah. So, yeah, he could have been a bit more explicit about the purpose of them getting together. Mm But I don't know if it would have been helpful for him to really fully express his feelings. That's a good point. That could scare her off. And typically when you start dating someone, you don't have to like confess your feelings. Like the dating Mm, part is usually what leads up to it. So I do do see where you're coming from. (laughs) Yeah. We'll see next episode. Yeah. A little bit more of that though. Mm -hmm. Exciting. Okay. Our next scene is my gazebo moment. And... I thought it was going to be the dance. I I was like practically probably noted it already. But then when I was watching this, this scene made me like oddly emotional. Yeah. I cried. Like it, I just, you know, it's between Jess and Luke and they're saying goodbye. And I was just thinking about it. I was like, now this scene is what we've waited so long for. Mm -hmm. It's a closure to the arcs that they've both been on for like two seasons now or so. And I just was like, you know, this whole time I've been thinking about season four, the slow burn between Luke and Lorelai finally happening. But it's like Jess and Luke are also an equally important <laughs> slow burn in a really yeah. normal platonic way. I'm not being weird here. <laughs> like, you know, and they finally also get to communicate here where Luke has used the, I mean, sorry, Jess has used this book to finally tell Luke, like, thank you for everything you've done. Mm -hmm. I appreciated it. And Luke is able to say, like, I'm glad you said that. I think I knew that you were thankful, but it's good to hear it. And Jess is joking Mm -hmm. about, like, well, the book tells you that you need to let someone know you appreciate them if you want it returned. And so Luke says... Um, oh, you want it like reciprocated. And so he also says like, I'll always be here for you essentially. And Jess is like, cool. And then they, um, he kind of like, they extend for like a handshake, but then Luke brings him in for a real hug. And it's like one of the like hand on the back of the head hug, which is just so sweet. And yeah, I just thought it was like everything we wanted between for the two of them and the way that they've both grown and are able to admit how much they care for each other. And it just sets up so well for them to have like a, a healthier relationship moving forward. And mm-hmm. it 
just really buffers the the sadness of the Jess and Rory thing later on because on one hand you think like oh he reads the book but then unlike Luke he doesn't get to see the reward because he's rejected but he actually does get I feel like an even better reward which is that he read the book and it helped him and Luke you know um Mm -hmm. which is even more important than the Rory thing in my mind I don't know it was just, yeah. it was wonderful. I'm sure you're a fan too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I gave this my gazebo moment number two because oh. I just couldn't decide <laughs> between the two. Well, if I'd done Sorry, that, cheated. could happen. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I loved it. It was so heartwarming. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Luke saying, I'm here, Jess, I'm always here. And Jess actually yeah. accepting that for once instead of just like scoffing at it Yeah, was so great. Yeah. And we talked last episode about how Jess is like he's progressing he's where he needs to be even if like his living situation looks a bit slum like at the moment (laughs) he's like making the progress he needs to make and I feel like this is a really good illustration of that like he still has a ways to go with uh expressing his feelings for Rory and his desires there (laughs) but him and Luke are like reconciling and just like moving into a more supportive relationship is just wonderful yeah yay 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 (sighs) let's you know bracket this these good feelings (laughs) to go into the the final extended scene of this episode we are back with dean and rory he's walking to her walking her to her dorm room now he says the campus is huge which is a little humorous because they're walking through the single courtyard that we've seen yeah. of Yale that we'll ever see of Yale. Like, oh yeah, what a huge campus. Yeah. <laughs> and Rory is saying, thanks for saving me. They pause before her open door. And this is when they kind of address the elephant in the room of his marriage. And Rory is like, where is Lindsay? Like, well, no, she says, where does Lindsay think you are right now? Like, how can you just mm-hmm. be out and about like this? And he's really evasive about that and she then asks him like what's going on with you kind of like what's your relationship status um and I feel like that's what the Netflix file was like he confides in her but he's actually like cut Mm -hmm. off from confiding in her when Jess arrives and oh what like an emotional high to such a low for him right yeah like to go from like Jess oh, the book, it helped me, and me and Luke, so great. And then he's probably, like, driving, and, like, it's going to go so great with Rory. And then he just sees her and Dean together and what probably, like, horrible deja vu for, like, all three people involved, right? Like, um, what a tough break for him. Um, Yeah. And I kind of wonder what Jess's mood would have been if he found Rory alone. Like, would he have been a bit calmer maybe but he's just mm-hmm. quite like dramatic and like kind of just like kind of um uh oh what's the word when you're like um I don't know I can't think of it but explosive explosive um like spontaneous kind of like he just really like is reckless reckless yeah maybe he because he's like um well they get Dean to go away Rory's like go away to Dean and Jess like follows her inside and he's just making these big big like gestures Mm -hmm. and claims and stuff where he's like 
I want you to run away with me. Let's go somewhere. Let's live in New York. And he's like, I'm ready. You can count on me now. Like, you know, we're supposed to be together. And Rory throughout this keeps saying like, no, no. She's like walking away. She's not really feeling this. I think she's seeming really overwhelmed. And um, just finally says like, only say no if you really don't want to be together. And Rory pointedly says no and just like silently leaves. And I I mean, there's so many things we could say about this, but like, first of all, I feel like it's a, just such a matter of wrong timing, which is mm-hmm. definitely a bummer. And it's also like, sadly, it, Jess is ready, but Rory is not ready, you know? Mm-hmm. And she hasn't seen any evidence of the fact that like she could count on him now. Like he knows she could because he's gone through this stuff. But on her end, she has no idea that he's like worked on himself. And also there's the whole she's re-enamored with Dean right now problem. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I hand the mic to you. What are your thoughts? <laughs> I don't know. I feel like the whole thing was just a huge miscalculation from Jess mm-hmm. because I don't think she would have gone with him mm. even if Dean wasn't in the picture because he's saying that she doesn't want to even be here right now. He, and that's not the truth at this point in yeah. her life. At this point in her life, Yale is where she wants yeah. to be. Like, she is living the life she wants at this point in time. If he asked her in a year and a half or whenever <laughs> she takes her break, maybe that would be different. But by that point, he has also matured more. Mm-hmm. So I don't. I feel like he's just trying so hard to make a grand gesture and do like a rom-com type moment like this this really feels like a moment out of a rom-com I just can't think of which one it is Mm -hmm. but um I don't know it's just it's really sad seeing him like this because you can tell he's really trying to express some sort of emotion and even though he just did it so well with Luke yeah he's still not fully there yet and he still doesn't fully like understand what needs to happen to make it happen with Rory and unfortunately he won't until let's pretend the revival was 10 years (laughs) earlier until after the end of the series when she breaks up with Logan when they should actually be together but yeah the like his line yeah like you know we're supposed to be together did give me the vibe of like in another version of the show Mm -hmm. they would have returned to this as like we are supposed to be together and it was just like a series of wrong timings until it was right you know Mm -hmm. um which is so sad so sad yeah I also last episode we were talking about how he like had been kind of expecting to hear from Rory Mm. for a while and I I get the feeling that he imagined up a different version of Rory perhaps Uh, and like with the time apart they miss so much change for each other that he is no longer like they're no longer in tune with their current versions of themselves if that makes sense (laughs) so he's kind of created this Rory to fill the void of the last year that they haven't been together and that Rory is not the same Rory that exists in reality who wants to stay at Yale so I don't know yeah and the yeah it's hard (laughs) yeah yeah he's like thinking over Rory who would want to leave with him and like leave it all Mm -hmm. behind because like this encounter even though he's like 
read the book that Luke read, like it still feels very much like the I love you thing where he just kind of like hoists it on her. The only difference is that he's not leaving. He's saying like, oh, come with me. We'll be together. But like it's still kind of the same thing. And what really could have been the right thing to do might have been like, um, can we talk? And then he can like explain where he's been the last year or something and then offer her that like more permanent cell phone to be like, let's talk in the future. Yeah. Like, <laughs> uh, that could have been good. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Yeah. It's kind of pain a painful end to the episode. I know. To what is otherwise yeah. such, you know, an uplifting episode. But that's kind yeah. of the story of the end of season four. You know, like really, really highs is. and lows. Yeah, I was just thinking I'm pretty sure next episode... We get the Luke and Lorelai kiss, and then it ends with another kiss. And Rory. Yeah. Mm. Well, who was your MVP for this episode? Oh, oh, uh, it's I don't know. It's so hard. <laughs> like last time, I was really sure that it was Luke, and I still feel good things for Luke here and Jess. Although Jess just has this like such a miscalculation here at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, but I. I do think I will say Jess, though, because, like, I am just, like, really proud of what he accomplished and how he was dealing with Liz and Luke and, like, this setback hopefully won't be too much of a setback for him, you know? And I think, in fact, we will see him later on. Mm -hmm. I think it will be true that he does get over this, luckily. And I don't know. I'll just blame Dean. Like, I'm going to, in my mind... I think Jess was going to have a very calm conversation with Rory. Yeah. Um, but then <laughs> Dean just, like, set him off. And who could yeah. blame him? Because I think I would rage if I saw this, too. <laughs> yeah. Dean the huge Sasquatch. With a little, like, facial yeah. hair now. I don't know how to feel yeah. about it. <laughs> I don't like it. Yeah. It seems, like, too well-groomed <laughs> and also barely there, you know? Like, yeah. if there was more. Very, like. And it looked more natural. Yeah. yeah. Very teenage boy I'm a man beard. I've got a beard <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, how about you who's your MVP I'm giving a joint MVP to TJ and Liz very nice they're a union of marriage and a yeah. union of MVP <laughs> yeah yeah I love them together I'm glad we get a bit more of them in the next coming seasons even though it's just sprinkled in mm-hmm. here and there but I like their wedding I would have really enjoyed being there. Yeah. It would have been fun. Yeah. And they're just cute together. Uh, yeah. I'm happy for them. Me too. And let's end on yeah. that happy note. <laughs> Agreed. Yeah. This was a behemoth of an episode. Seriously. And a lot happened. We have a season finale next episode. So we've had some, yeah. we've got some heavy hitters. Luckily we have the stamina. Yeah. And a reminder after our season finale we'll have our season recap and then we've got a couple of fun episodes planned with some guests yeah and then we'll be coming back for season five in the future after a break yes yeah yeah all right well talk soon Thanks for listening to Talking Fast, a Gilmore Girls podcast. Don't forget to rate and review us and share us with your friends. Join us on Instagram and TikTok at Talking Fast Podcast. And join the conversation by emailing us your thoughts, talkingfastpodcast at gmail.com.